The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. We're already at 3.30. We said 3.30. We're live, pal. I know, it's behind-the-scenes stuff. But good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. As the road to a massive UFC 259 continues on in Las Vegas, Nevada, tomorrow night with UFC Vegas 20, which will set the table, featuring a pivotal heavyweight matchup at the top of the bill. Some really good pairings set up underneath as well. And we're going to talk all about it with you right now as we welcome you to the UFC Vegas 20 preview show right here on the MAFighting.com YouTube channel. I am Mike Hack, joined by the whole crew. We got Jose Youngs, our reigning defending BTL champion, also the host of the A-Side live chat. We have Alex K. Lee, the Prince of Positivity, the man behind the fiery tweets, matchmaker extraordinaire from on to the next one, and the best producer in the land, the baddest stash on the planet, E. Casey Lydon joins us as well with a brand new microphone. Look at you, like a professional radio guy. I'm, I'm fancy. I'm you fancy. are fancy. You sure are. And I, for those I, watching I, I right now, get, go ahead. Yeah, I was trying to make sure you, cause I was so annoyed because I couldn't get rid of my, the other mic was like too sensitive and kind of cheapy and I kept hearing all the mic clicks and stuff and it was just killing me. So I had to upgrade this because you Nicely people done. deserve the best. Is that a you USB go. mic? No, this is this is some fancy XLR. I got I got like a little little board and like got plug it in like a little move thing little knobs now. It's moving on up. Professional stuff. We love it. And for those watching right now, we'd love to get your thoughts on the card, your questions on the card, etc. Leave them in the chat. We will address them in the moment. But uh, AK, let us begin with you, my friend. We had a. Heavyweight main event last weekend. Derek Lewis got it done in a big way against Curtis Blades. Got another big heavyweight headliner tomorrow night between Jarzinho Rosenstrike and Cyril Gan. We've discussed this fight as not only important for the rankings on on to the next one, but it's sort of 
puts the next pieces of the divisional puzzle in place. Pretty interesting matchup here, AK. What sticks out to you heading into tomorrow night? Yeah, it, 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 it's it's uh, it's going to clear up a lot of things, you said, as you mentioned, for matchmaking purposes, which we discussed a lot on our on our podcast, Mike. Uh, but also, again, it's still, as we kind of said last week with Blades and Lewis, these guys still have to wait a little bit. Obviously, Nganu and Miocic, the rematch, that's got to be settled. You know, that's that's the next, that's the biggest piece that has to fall for anything else even matters. And then the looming shadow of John Jones moving up to heavyweight. Is he going to get the uh, the title fight right away? I would imagine, you know, barring any sort of negotiation issues, he has to be the first guy uh, to get a crack at either Miocic or Nganu, whoever, uh, whoever escapes that fight with the belt. So, uh, I, I want to. I definitely. I can, you know. I want to build this fight up. It's obviously just an awesome fight to watch, regardless of title implications. But at the same time, man, how much? Where does it put these guys in the title picture? Uh, who's you know? Is either of them become the is, you know? Rose Street become the number one contender? Does Gone become you know? Can they leapfrog Derek Lewis? I don't know. It just it really does depend so much on uh, on, on what happens with uh, with uh, Jones and Ganu and Miocic. But uh, yeah, but big implications definitely keeps yourself on the short list uh, if you get a win on Saturday. Casey, I enjoy getting your reaction to the odds for these fights. Right now, the 7-0 Cyril Gunn, pretty big favorite here. He opened as a minus 300 favorite. There has been some money coming in on Rosenstrike. Knocked it down to around a minus 265. Comeback on Rosenstrike is around a plus 225 right now. I'm not surprised that Cyril Gunn is the favorite here, but are you surprised that he's this much of a favorite heading into tomorrow night? Uh, a little recency bias there. I mean, I'm picking gone. I mean, I I, I see him as the favorite, but that's kind of heavy. That's pretty heavy. I, w- I would um, heavy on his side. Um, yeah, it's a surprise, but I think it's just it's Rosenstruck. His last fight was the loss, right? My my did he? Nope. Oh, what happened? What, was it something? KO JDS. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess people just don't put too much. <laughs> they both did. It. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, one one was a legitimate. One, one was. <gasps> um, how dare, how dare you. you? How dare? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, surprised. Um, but um, I guess you know, in close fights like this, you go with the guy that looks better coming off the bus. <laughs> does God look better? I guess, no, wait, I guess wait, wait, he wait, does. I don't know what you think. I don't know. What do you think, Jose? Who looks? Who who has the? Um, yes, the guy with the chest tattoo and thirty-four abs and speaks French. <laughs> there you go. What, what do you think of the odds here, Jose? It is what it is. I mean, if Gone is the favorite, so be it. He, if if you want to do this whole weird MMA math, so and so beat so and so faster. I mean, Cyril Gone did beat JDS like 13 seconds faster than Jairzinho. So take that for what you will. But uh, Cyril Gone hits hard. Jairzinho hits hard. I think. Uh, people have described Cyril Ghan as like a more technical Francis Ngannou with less winging punches in there. So if that's the case, that's horrifying. Uh, this will obviously be a real big test for him. But if Ghan is the favorite, so be it. If Jairzinho is the favorite, so be it. This is much more of an even fight in my mind. Anyone want to take a guess who is the biggest favorite on the card right now? Ooh, let me look. Ooh. I might have cheated and looked. I would. I feel like I, I should I know this. I would think Angela Hill. You are correct, sir. Yeah. Minus four hundred. Yeah, the favorite over yeah. Ashley Oder. And, and considering she, it seems like she, um, from her social media post, uh, Angela Hill didn't. Uh, sorry, Angela Hill didn't have any trouble making weight. Um, I mean, I know that was going to be an issue of her making weight due to the short notice, but it seems like she she made weight fine. So, outside of that, yeah, uh, looking at the card, definitely Angela Hill. <laughs> 
Yep. Second on that list, Magomed Ankalaev, minus 345 against Nikita Krylov. So there you go. So we got some big, big dog, big favorites, some big dogs. Maybe some folks out there who like to play the ponies can make a couple of bucks tomorrow if they pick a couple of upsets. So uh, speaking of picks, AK, who you got tomorrow in the main event? Uh, I'm going gone, but I do think I do think when you get to the top six or seven of heavyweight, I think anyone being like a two to one favorite against any other heavyweight is pretty crazy. It's it's so random, it's so volatile. Uh, I like I'm looking at you guys mentioned topology. I was looking at topology. I see it up at the minus two sixty five for God. Like so, that's I, I I don't well like what are they seeing in maybe, maybe it's a credit to God. I'm saying I don't know. Are they seeing some sort of shock shortcomings in Rosenstruck? I guess he has the one loss. Uh, God doesn't. Uh, like Jose said, one guy finished a little bit faster the last fight, but. I, I think the odds should be a lot closer. I'm I'm going gone just because I think gone is a future champion, and uh, and I'm not getting off. I've had no reason to get off that that bandwagon whatsoever. Um, I, I I think it starts now. Like I think there's no reason for me to say, oh well, maybe a, a year down the road he's close. No, I think he's he's pretty close now. I don't know if I'd pick him to beat Miocic and Ganu, but do what would I pick him to become the number one contender within the next like the surefire number one contender over the next six months or at least by the end of the year. I kind of, I kind of, yeah, I'm kind of high on it. So I'll definitely go gone by, uh, by knockout. Not sure which round, but I'm going to go gone by KO. Gone for AK, gone for Casey. Jose, are you on the gone train or are you looking at the, uh, the, uh, the underdog Jarzinho Rosenstrike tomorrow? I'm going to pick Cyril gone too, but I'm going to say third round submission. I think he's going to clip Jarzinho and tap him out. And for all, anyone that's like raising their eyebrows like that, like, Jairzinho has a heel hook in the UFC, and he has an arm triangle in the UFC at heavyweight. He has two submission wins at heavyweight, which is something you don't see a lot of uh, in the you UFC. Gone. You mean gone. Yeah, say, gone has it, sorry. God, what did I say? Yeah. Rosenstreet? Yeah, yeah. yeah, gone. He's a Jairzinho. I, I think gone just has uh, more tools and more and more paths to victories than Jairzinho. Jairzinho obviously hits really hard, but we've said it a thousand times. He was probably like 60 seconds away from losing a – okay decision loss to Alistair over him before he split his face open. And even that was a, a lot of people complained about the stoppage, like, like he got dropped and the referee jumped in, whatever. I don't have a problem with the stoppage. That's it's in the past, but I think Cyril gone wins. He has more tools and more paths to victory. Yeah. See, I think that's why he's the favorite here. Yeah. You say he was six, about 60 seconds away from winning that fight against over No, he's losing, losing. Alistair Overeem was like 60 seconds away from winning. 60 seconds? I thought, wasn't that knockout like in the last, like literal like last second of the fight? I don't remember. I don't oh, no, remember I'm just wondering. I, I, yeah. I can't remember. It, if it was 60 or 16 or 6, he, he won regardless. <laughs> I think it was like 0. 0.6 seconds <laughs> four, away. 4.56 is the official, uh, fifth yeah. round, the official time of the stoppage. So, yeah, that was crazy. Man. The, the split, the, the split, li- the destroyed, li- split lip almost doesn't uh, cover. We say split lip, people are like, oh, like, no, people remember. Anybody who saw that remember what that mouth looked like. That was a, a destroyed mouth, not, not a split lip. And it was, and it was um, filled up in like in a week. Rosenstruck has so much more experience. I just like, I mean, I'm adding in the kickboxing, of course. It's just crazy that he's yeah. such a big underdog. Now, now I almost want to flip my pick, but I am confident. I am confident in Gone, though. But, man. but I think a lot of I think a lot of us see that Overeem fight, even though he got the victory, almost as a loss. I mean, he's he's still, yeah, yeah he got the win. But I think if if they fought, you know, ten times, at least that Rosenstruck, I feel like, you no, know, still loses, you know, nine out of ten times. He just, you no, know, got that one win. Rosenstreak also took that fight on incredibly short notice because he had just fought Arlovsky and then Overeem was supposed to fight Walt Harris when Walt Harris fell out. You're right, you're right. And then backstage, Rosenstreak was like, yeah, I'll take it. And then, you know, so he went from in-camp to in-camp. Fair enough. 
Yeah. Um, it's a dogger pass situation at the betting window. That's for damn sure. There's a lot of value on Jarzy and your Rosenstrike. I think his counter game could create some issues. Cyril Gon likes to keep his hands down, but he's also like such a long, lengthy striker, and he uses those tools so, so well. I don't think he gets a stoppage here. I think Gon, I'm picking Gon as well. I think he gets a finish. Uh, not a finish. I think it's a decision, but I think it's a very close decision. I think this this is a closer fight than the odds makers have it. Um, but I think Gon down the stretch, I think can turn it on and get it done. The problem is both of these guys kind of are, are slow starters. Gon, Gon has proven to be kind of a slow starter as well. But as the fight goes on, he gets better and better and better. And he moves around like he's a freaking lightweight in there in the heavyweight division. So a lot of a lot of ways for him to win. I think Gon outlasts him. And I also like Gon because I don't think there's a ton of pressure on him in this fight. Yeah, the stakes are kind of high because you could get yourself the Derek Lewis fight, maybe in the number one contender spot. But if Cyril Gon loses, it doesn't cripple him by any stretch of the imagination. He's 7-0. It's a loss. It'll sting, but it doesn't completely hamper him. There's a lot more pressure on Jarzinho Rosenstrike in this fight. So I think Gon gets you know a little more loosey-goosey attitude. I think he gets it done. Uh, but I think it's a fun fight. I think it's it's very close. I think this is the toughest fight for sure of Cyril Gunn's short career at this point. I think he's going to get cracked at some point. He's going to realize that there's a different level here than some of the guys that he's been in there with. Um, but I do ultimately think he gets it done uh, via a close, unanimous decision. So should be a fun fight. Uh, we could, are down to 10 snoozer? fights. Oh, go ahead. Mike, could it be, could it be a snoozer? Do you, think if, do you think we could get a little, a little, Lewis, a little Lewis and Ganu action? stylistically it is possible but i think gone right? is just so athletic that it won't be that way the entire fight like we could have a we could have a pretty slow first round but i think eventually gone's going to get going and for, kind of force the, the action so to speak did you just compare this say this could be lewis ninganu what like, if like the most inactive what if the AC? most highly anticipated but inactive fight we've ever well, seen now that in I, the history of the universe i've never i've never read about anything casey so now that i've said it I, I, it won't happen. I did that all for all you guys, but but you guys can say I was wrong, I, you know, because it's official. I, I said it's a possibility, so you can say I was wrong if it, if it, uh, it's a super exciting fight or a quick knockout. I was wrong. I'm taking that bullet so that we can we can avoid uh, that happening. But I was going to agree with you. I actually don't. I actually think this will be a a highly technical kickboxing match, <laughs> but it won't be the brawl that the fans want. Fans don't actually want technical kickboxing. They want like just they want brawling kickboxing. And I think both of these guys can fight a 25-minute technical fight. And while it's not very exciting for, like, you no know, no technique nerds like me, I'm like, ooh, I, I love the way, he, I love the way he, he threw that overhand. Or, you no, know, I'd be, like, all into it. But I, I can see this actually being boring for fans. And uh, I, like, but, but I do pick Gone by decision, though. I think, I think it'll be actually kind of a, a boring, dominant decision. Dang. It'll be interesting to see if, if Rosenstrike kind of forces the action because he's a guy that moves backwards a lot. Like he's, like I said earlier, he's a, he's a big counter striker. Mm -hmm. If he can stand there, if, if he can either push the pace forward or he can kind of have that like Alex Volkanovsky style where he just stands in the middle and doesn't let gone get going encounters in that sense, it could make things very interesting. But if, if we're looking at like what we've seen consistently from both of these guys, yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming from, but gone is just the pace he puts on the movement, I have a hard time believing that's going to be like a quote-unquote snoozer, but I, I could see it a slow start, no doubt about that. So there you go. That's the main event. We are down to 10 fights, by the way. The, the, Some bad news. In the, main, in, the, in the main event, though, the winner's facing Derek Lewis, right? 
it's good chance. I mean, I'm going to take, I'm going to take, who knows? I'm, yeah, I'm going to take the Jose Young stance and just be like, we got to wait this fight, especially we have to wait to see how it plays out to kind of figure out what, what happens next. You would assume Derek Lewis is next, but Derek Lewis will fight anybody at this point. The UFC called Derek Lewis right now and said, you want to fight Alistair Overing? He's going to say yes. And that's the fight. So he doesn't care about rankings or anything like that. He just wants to fight other people and make some money while he's doing it. Exactly. Also, uh, let's, let's get both of these men in the octagon first. <laughs> We're knocking, Don't knocking on the wood right now. Any banana pills. Don't want to sneeze and throw their back out or anything. Yes, we don't want any of that happening. Although we got some magic from Chaz Skelly after with the in his post-fight <laughs> interview, singing "Effort Gently" by Tenacious D. Uh, Ramazan Kuramagomedov is off the card. He fell ill, uh, so his fight with Charles Oliveira is off. Um, from what I am told, the UFC is potentially looking at Charles Oliveira versus Randy Brown rebooking that fight um, sometime in the near future. Who knows? That's just kind of hearsay at this point, but that's kind of the plan the UFC has at this point, I'm being told, but nothing official. Uh, we did have a, a hiccup on the scale as well. Maxim Grishin missed weight by four and a half pounds. His fight with Dustin Jacoby, the curtain jerker, will move forward. Maxim Grishin will forfeit 30% of his purse to Mr. Dustin Jacoby, and that should be a fun fight for as long as it lasts, because I have a feeling Mike, that one's probably... You, go ahead. You just wanted to show off that flawless pronunciation of Ramazan's last name. How long were you How long were you saving that up for? How long were you saving I that up for? I pronounced that guy's name for a while. He should have been in the UFC like two years ago. Do it, one more. Give, give me another one. Karamagamadoff. Oh. Ramazan okay, Karamagamadoff. Okay. I like that. I like yeah. that. It's, it's spicy the way you say that. I honestly was struck. Like I honestly was struck. Like most of those Russian names, I have no problem with. I don't know what it was about this one that was that was uh, I couldn't get Karamagamadoff. Okay, yeah. Well, now that you now that you say it, it sounds easy. To say. Okay, it's it's the A between the the R and the M. Maybe right between the yeah. M. Maybe that's what's throwing me off. Yeah. That throws people off. But uh, so six fight main card. Prelims kick off at 6 Eastern, and then we go to the main card at 8 p.m. Six fights, just what AK loves, and uh, there you go. Should be a lot of fun. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. 
That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. How are the, how, what are the peeps saying, Casey? Oh, let's go to the peeps. We, it's their show. Ready for the peeps? All right, peeps. Let's, yeah, let's get, let's get some peeps. Of course, uh, Magomed Ankalaev, Nikita Krylov, great co-main event. We got Myra Bueno Silva versus Montana De La Rosa, Jimmy Rivera versus Pedro Munoz, Angel Hill versus Ashley Yoder, Alex Caceres versus Kevin Kroom will kick off the main card. So some fun scraps. Kevin Kroom. I'm, I am a fan. I don't. I don't. I, I'm a fan. I don't know. I don't know. I know nothing about him, but I, I just. I know he has a win in the UFC, and I've. I know he smokes weed, and I know he's got a lot of funny nicknames, and he like he, and he brings he brings ninja weapons to his interviews. So yeah. He, so like yeah. Next to Ryan Hall, he's my second favorite fighter ever in the history of the world. So congratulations. Um. Oh yeah. I watched. Of, I watched Kroom fight live oops. on the New England regional scene. Like five years ago, he fought Matt Bissett, who what used to be in the UFC, and Bissett just lit his ass up. Like it was, it was a just a violent finish. That was the fight. Like everyone thought Bissett would get in the UFC with, but Kroom somehow made it to the UFC, got that incredible win in his debut against Roosevelt Roberts. Unbelievable. Uh, Scott McCray, did Kroom have an open butterfly knife at his face off? Yup. No. So did, was that what that was? Uh, was that not yep. the little mini ninja? <laughs> Wait a minute! What was, that wasn't the mini nunchuck from the from the uh, immediate. I am ninety nine percent sure he tried to look cool with a butterfly knife and just dropped it, like everyone else that tries to look cool with a butterfly knife. <laughs> he also had a bow staff. Was he carrying like a little bow staff or something? Sure was. Very thin. <laughs> okay. Did he, did he bring in some size? Right. Too? <laughs> All right. Freaking ninja yeah, turtle! I like this guy. He, he's he's had nunchucks before, and then he had mini nunchucks at Virtual Media Day. I must have missed the, the butterfly knife, unfortunately. You said he dropped and it. Then, uh, he yeah, did the whole right away. He tried, just like everyone else that gets a butterfly knife. Didn't work out for him. <laughs> Dude, this guy is so awesome, <laughs> man! Bump this guy to the main card. He's got to be He's opening the main card. Oh, he's opening the main card. Okay, and and that's why the UFC is a trillion dollar company because they get it they give the fans what they want <laughs> yeah people say i'm yeah. negative to the ufc no this is like they nailed it here boom yeah. give all the money to, like, yeah you deserve it guys ufc rules you gotta be careful where you whip that out though it's a lot of some states it's illegal oh uh some, someone someone is asking is isn't his nickname the hard-hitting hillbilly no he specifically said he is no longer the hard-hitting hillbilly he is now i think he's actually been crashed for he was a crash in his debut wasn't he, he was already crashed Maybe I'm wrong. Probably. He says he is now Kevin Cash Kroom. And his explanation was he's like, hard-hitting hillbilly is too long. He's like, no one's going to hardhittinghillbilly.com or something. And I'm like, I think a lot of people would go to hardhittinghillbilly.com. But because Crash is less member. And isn't there already another fighter named Crash? Wasn't uh, Mike, wasn't, what's his name? He's no longer with the UFC. Kyle um, He's Crash. 
Well, he's yeah. gone though. Right. You leave the UFC, you lose your nickname. That's the rule. I guess. I think hard-hitting hillbilly was a lot more memorable, but uh, officially Kevin Kroom says he's crashed now. So I guess we must we must honor those wishes. But, but AK, that, 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 na- that name's man. available now. So if you want to take it. Hard-hitting hillbilly? The hard-hitting hillbilly, AK Lee. <laughs> I just might do. All right, I'm just saying. I'll, I'll call the people at Topology. Change, change your nickname. Yeah, yeah. Please. It has to be for you. It has also, to be the hard hitting hillbill. So Lee will just be the last name. Ooh, so it just like flows. Oh, yes. Beautifully. Excellent. Well done. Uh, Kev- Kevin Kroom also did his butterfly knife stick uh, his last fight, too, when not, he did the space off. It's not a stick, by the way. It's, 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 right. a, way of, it's a way of life. <laughs> we need to do a timeline on butterfly knives <laughs> at the, in the UFC. You know, forget about three title fights. Just do a butterfly knife yeah. timeline for next week. Uh, if Alex Caceres wins tomorrow, he'll be on a four-fight win streak. If he gets the win, should he challenge a top 15 contender, AK? What do you think about about uh, John Dagnan or Dynan's question? I apologize. Sure. If I well, I love – I love. I know Casey loves when we talk about the official UFC rankings. There's favorite thing to talk about, <laughs> especially when we expand it to the top 15 and not just the top yeah. 10. He always says – he always says, once you make the top 15 of the UFC – not not necessarily top ten. Once you, any, he's like those guys, fifteen to eleven. Those are the guys that Casey really loves to talk about. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, it's weird to say challenge. I mean, I would say would he get thrown into a fight with one of those guys? I could see it, but I'm looking at the names now. So here, here's here's the uh, UFC's eleven to fifteen. Uh, Arnold Allen at eleven. Uh, I don't see that. I don't know if that's going to happen. Shane Burgos at twelve. I don't think that would happen. Bryce Mitchell at thirteen. I don't think he would fight Caceres. Uh, when I say don't fight, I mean, I don't think the matchmakers would, would put them together. I mean, 14, Edson Barbosa. I actually really want to, I'd really want to see that fight. And I don't think that Barbosa is in a position necessary to decline that. I know he's coming off a win, but I, I could really see, I could see that one happening. Uh, if number 15, uh, Movsar Vloyev. Is Vloyev already rebooked? No. Uh, either way, I could see Barbosa. I could see Barbosa happening. And then top 10, top 10 might be a little too far. Uh, I, th- that would surprise me if you got a top 10 opponent. You've got uh, Sadiq Youssef, Danny Gay, Jeremy Stevens in there. Uh, Jeremy Stevens going back to lightweight, of course. Uh, so I'll say tentatively, yes, it has to be the right person, but uh, s- still seems unlikely. Yeah, I know he should. Four fight win streak should get you a top 15 opponent, right? But just based on the names that are in there, uh, it, I'd say slip, slim, slim chance, but I'll, I'll, lean, I'll say, yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> Jose, what do you think about this? Because I, I, I'm sure you watch his virtual media day scrum. Alex Caceres challenging anybody. I don't see that happening because he doesn't know anybody in his division. He doesn't watch fighting. He barely knows who the champion is right now. So I don't see him having like a specific name in mind. But should he, I guess, deserve a top 15 contender if he beats Kevin Kroom tomorrow? Sure. Why not? Uh, it just depends. But the, the way, Alex Caceres' position right now is like, Look at the last few names like they throw at him. It's like God, it, he's in that position where they want to use his name, popularity, and veteran and veteranship to kind of propel his opponent, like Crone Gracie, Chase Hooper. Uh, these are the, or or uh, like uh, I mean, Jason Knight, Yair Rodriguez. Like these these guys are the ones that Alcaraz gets matched up with historically, or his opponent falls out and he gets he gets that last minute replacement, whatever. So if they want to give him Bryce Mitchell. It, that's like kind of in the same position where uh, Alex Sarris has historically not done great against high-level grapplers like the Crone Gracies of the world. Uh, if they want to give him Ryan Hall, I wouldn't hate that either because that's just a fun scrap. 
but or if they want to give him Cub Swanson, the guy that beat Crone Gracie when Crone Gracie beat Alex Caceres, that's a fun fight too. I don't really care. I like watching Alex Caceres fight anyone. Uh, I like. I kind of like this fight. Anyone doesn't know the doesn't know anyone else in the division kind of uh, mentality that he has because it makes me interested in whoever he fights. So yeah. Alex Harris was fill in the blank. I'm down for, but those three names specifically, I'm very interested in. Yeah. If there's one virtual media day scrum, you need to go back and watch. It's Alex Caceres. It was really enlightening, really well done. A lot of interesting things to say. So I want to ask you, Casey, you've been covering the sport for a long time. We've seen a lot of these fighters. Derek Lewis is one. Max Holloway's one. Alex Caceres is one. They're able to, to separate themselves from the fight game. Like we train, we eat, we eat healthy, we don't watch fights. We only care about the fights that we have. What do you think of this trend of these fighters sort of just separating themselves from the sport? Because a lot of fighters, and you've been producing a lot of what-the-heck content, a lot of fighters don't do that. I think it's very smart. I think it's healthy. Um, I think it's healthy for these guys not to they, – they, they, I'm always wary of fighters who their entire identity is a, being a fighter. You know, like that's all they do. I watch fights. I live fights. I breathe fights. You know, I fight, 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 fight. I dream about fighting. That you're gonna burn out. It's just that's just the way it is. And guys like Casares, who with yeah, I think he's like how many fights in the UFC now? Twenty. He has twenty plus fights in the UFC now. Insane. Up there, yeah. In, twenty plus fights in the UFC. Like in this whole card, he, he he's probably the he has he has he's definitely walked to the cage more than anyone else on this card, right? At least UFC fights. Yeah, it's just. I don't. I just don't understand. Like he's doing something that's healthy for him. Um, yeah. So it's it's great. And um, I think actually a lot a lot a lot of fighters don't watch fights because there's just too many freaking fights. Fight, fighters enjoy their Saturdays. So um, no, I just think it's normal. And um, I just I'm kind of surprised it became like a, a kind of a talking point because I thought this was kind of known for a lot of fighters. But um, I think the, I think the fact that he just kind of came out and said it rather than. You know, some fighters just go, oh, I'm not sure. Tell me more about this fighter rather than going, I don't watch this stuff. So, um, no, it's good. It's healthy. Agreed. What do you think? Uh, John, well, first of all, John Danian just said also in the comments, uh, unpopular opinion, Ryan Hall is overrated. So, uh, one second. <gasps> hold on. That is uh, okay. And you are banned. Okay. So, anyway, sorry. Sorry. We won't be seeing any more comments from John. That's automatic banning, obviously. <laughs> I, 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 and I apologize for any of our uh, <laughs> viewers that saw that comment. I, I'm sorry. We need to screen these things better. That comment never should have been seen by anybody. What, so what that is a banning. Sorry. I'm, I'm, what He's, happened? The, he the said, he said on, on the screen right now? I, I missed no, no. Oh, no. Oh. He, said, he said a bunch of comments. He said one of them is Ryan Hall is overrated. So oh, that oh, is, good. I'm Gord. sorry. Oh, and, yeah, no, John, you are gone. <laughs> sorry. You are, we, will, we will not be hearing from John again. That is, uh, <laughs> that is the end of John. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, oh, look, Caceres man. is, a, is a, man, the media day stuff was, was hilarious because he really was very frank about just not watching the sport at all. And it, and it, it really kind of threw some of uh, some of us in the media for a loop because we asked this question, you know, like, oh, who do you want to fight next? What do you think of this guy? What do you think of this title fight that's coming up in Featherweight? And 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 clearly he, was, he had said multiple times, like, guys, I really don't. They asked him about uh, Volkanovski and Ortega. He's like, I don't know. He's like, I know. Volk He's like, I could. I think he said I could not pick Volkanovski out of a lineup. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. Like that's kind of like, I don't know. Like, I, like I think I, he should maybe be a little bit more focused on his career. But again, like if he's not, he's he's busy focusing on one fighting. I mean, his own career, which is the most important thing. Um, so yeah, everything's so wide open with him, though. That's the thing is, and, and because of his attitude of he'll fight anybody, it could be a top fifteen guy. It could be, 
it could be a, a someone coming off a two fight losing streak in like the the bottom tier. Like they, I, I think he'll have he'll have he's the kind of guy he'll have some uh, discretion as who he'll fight. But really, you send him a contract, he'll fight anyone. So uh, I do hope he gets a tougher opponent after this. Uh, should he win? There's a lot of good fights. There you go. I like it. What, what happened to Superboy? Sure. Superboy is. Is he got a fight coming? Is he doing his military thing now? Do we know? That's a, he did it already, I think. He already did his military thing. Okay. I yeah, believe that's, that's already done. Oh, yeah, that's already done with. Um, I think it's more uh, travel, you know, travel issues. Oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, COVID, pandemic. Oh, yeah. Right. Thing. Yeah. That thing's still going on? Jeez. Yeah. I'm over that. All right. Uh, Roy, why... Why doesn't Rosenstrike look like an 80? Why does he not look like an 80 plus kickboxing fighter? I mean, he has the tool set to get things done in heavyweight, but he does not look like a kickboxing technician. Am I missing the mark? Interesting analysis. Interesting thought. What do you think, Casey? I actually um, don't know very much about his kickboxing career. I, I mean, I follow I follow Glory loosely. I follow um, K1, but and but he wasn't. He didn't really fight in those league those promotions. He fought in a smaller kickboxing promotions around the world. So I actually, I just don't know very much about his kickboxing pedigree other than the fact that uh, he has a bunch of fights and did pretty well. Um, actually, I, so I, I, like, if you look at foot, like no one has that much footage. You know, people bring old clips of Izzy kickboxing or whatever. I don't see very much, you know, people even have any footage of um, Biggie Boy's, you know, kickboxing career. Have you, have you guys seen clips of it out there? It's just, just things I hear about, but I don't see. A few, Jose. I, not extensively, but like I've I've never watched a full one of his fights, but I've seen like highlights. Okay, so, but as far but as far as when he never fought like any top, you no, know, the elite kickboxing heavyweights. Um, I don't think anything with a huge name. I'm sure a lot of the guys he fought were big in the region he fought because he had a bunch of fights in Suriname, China, and uh, like Romania and everything like that. But yeah. I've never seen him in like a Glory or a yeah. K1 Grand Prix. I'm yeah. sure they're. Regionally, they're very yeah. tough. But he's not fighting the bottom hires of the world. Yeah. yeah, I'm not trying to dismiss anything. I just don't know. I actually just don't know very much about him, honestly, as a kickboxer. Yeah, I think it's, I think some did actually ask a really good question because and, and I would imagine. And again, I, I, I think I, I wonder if I imagine some might be a kickboxing fan. He might be able to answer this question better than we could. But uh, I'm glad he brought it to us. I think imagine a lot of kickboxers don't necessarily um, look. I mean, things obvious. They probably don't look the same as they do fighting MMA as they do kickboxing. Again, like I don't know if uh, if Israel Disney is the same as he was kickboxing as he is as a fighter. I'm sure there's some stylistic elements that are similar, uh, some techniques that carry over, but otherwise, it's it's such a different thing to do. Um, who else am I thinking of? Gosh, who was the guy who fought Khalil Roundtree? Totally help me. My memory's terrible. Uh, Gokensaki. Saki. Thank you. Gokensaki. I imagine he looks probably completely different in a kickboxing ring than he did in his his uh, UFC fights. So um, I don't know what the, but but you guys are also right. The level of competition uh, is different as well. Uh, and that's actually a big point of consternation. I know a lot about a lot of uh, people who cover both kickboxing and MMA is is uh <laughs> some of us in the MMA sphere and we talk about kickboxers we'll just look at a raw number like 80 fights and we and we will pull out a word like he's a distinguished or an accomplished <laughs> i like to say accomplished is my go-to word for writing about kickboxers so if you see that in a story you'll know that <laughs> i might not be that familiar i might not be that familiar with the person's career i'm just throwing that out there. uh but like 80 kickboxing fights might not mean the same as if someone fought like 20 times in glory or something like that. Right. Or like, it's, 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 it's hard to say what the competition is. Isn't Steven Thompson, like what's his kickboxing? He's like unbeaten in 
a, a thirty karate, something, right? combat karate or something. Yeah, yeah. As like unbeaten, right? And it's like yeah. I honestly could not tell you how that translates to MMA or other professional combat sports. Uh, so yeah, so the eighty the eighty fights of Rosenstruck, yeah, it's it's definitely worth asking. Like, what does that mean for his uh, his you know being a contender in MMA? I don't know, but uh, it doesn't surprise okay. me that uh, that there's some sort of difference between his kickboxing performances and his. MMA the, performances. There's also you. Ha- there's also a distinction of um, is it a professional kickboxing fight or like is it a Muay Thai fight like where you don't really. Keep, you can fight like seven times in one night, <laughs> yeah. but they don't really throw it onto your record. Like there is a photo somewhere on the internet. I've I've seen it because it always pops up when he has a fight coming up. It's like the uh, the, the Anthony Joshua uh, photo where he has like nine belts draped around his arm, and it's definitely it's a young Gyrozinho. So uh, he is a championship level kickboxer, just not in glory because he had a ton of belts. At and yeah, Dustin Jacoby, another guy, went from MMA yeah. to kickboxing back to MMA. And Jose, I know after the Contender Series fight, you were there when Jacoby got his contract. You were part of the scrum, asking him questions about you know the different elements, being able to throw elbows in fights. I know that 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 conversation kind of stuck out to you. So for those who kind of don't remember, talk about what Dustin Jacoby had to say after that Contender Series fight, and you know how both sort of mix and match. Yeah, I mean he he came from a in glory you can't throw elbows uh so he and he was like really excited to be able to just just whip him in there to the point where once he landed one he just didn't stop throwing and that's not that's something we've seen in the past before like remember when Mirko re, re, uh, rematched Gabriel Gonzaga he was just humming in those elbows that he couldn't he didn't use in the first fight so nothing new when you see this big kickboxer uh, a big name in kickboxer jump over in MMA but doesn't Kobe is an incredibly high-level striker. Uh, he, he, even the guy he fought, I can't remember off the top of his head, uh, the guy that he fought and beat to get the contract in the UFC is a main training partner with Alistair Overeem. And even Dustin Jacoby's like, smart that you're training with Overeem, but I'm coming straight off of kickboxing, and Overeem's been doing MMA pretty much his whole – like the last 15, 20 years and not focusing on on his kickboxing. So it's uh, – he says it's another level of striking. So uh, – Dustin Jacoby's awesome, and I cannot wait for him to throw down again. That he did call out Gokin. He did really want to fight Gokin Saki too, because he said it was he was his hero in kickboxing, and he wanted to fight him in MMA. And I never thought of a pop about a world where that fight could happen in the octagon. And now that's since that interview, that's all I wanted. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like the, the the fights that could have been unreal. Do I just realized that just Dustin Jacoby? Fought Tony Lopez in a kickboxing bout. Yeah. I love Tony Lopez. Love I gotta, I gotta find yeah. that fight. <laughs> Dustin Jacoby is awesome. He even talked about like his. He was zero and two in the UFC before he got cut, and then he went had like I think he lost maybe one or one on the regional, and he, he went to kickboxing. Uh, he went to Bellator. He, re- he got knocked out by King Mo. Yeah, and he was saying like even those like one of them was on the Facebook prelims. And then one of them was a dark fight because it got bumped from the broadcast on Fuel TV. So he had never fought on TV before in the UFC until he got his uh, second uh, run around. And he remembers uh, the fighter meeting, his first fighter meeting. He was sitting next to Roy Nelson and the Diaz brothers. And he's like, crap, this is just a whole nother level. And now he's, quote, mature and ready for it. I wish he was on the main card, uh, but it is what it is. One thing I really admire about um, Jacoby is that I saw him in his very early glory fights and basically i thought he was very mediocre and he got his he got his butt kicked a lot but you know what he didn't give up he went back to the gym iced up his bruises and got better and by the time he did his whole glory run 
I wouldn't say he was the best middle. He wasn't the best middleweight uh, kickboxer in the world, but he was. He would give a challenge to all the best guys in, in kickboxing. So uh, yeah, I actually um, yeah, just, just uh, Dustin Jacoby is like I don't know how good he is actually. He's because wh- what I remember him isn't the same fighter. He is actually much better now, and uh, that's pretty awesome. And it's and like what AK said. It's like what AK said, where he since he fought in Glory. Like if you follow kickboxing he fought a murderer's row yeah in his glory run like he fought alex he got he lost alex Pereira, who also beat izzy when he was in a straight kickboxing fight so yeah it's uh his his like 10 glory fights like 10 of his glory fights are probably the similar of like 25 of gyrozino's kickboxing and that's just because he like again in glory you fight the best of the best cool cool and, and now he's officially, you know, and I, I, I still loved his story of him being a, like getting his first UFC win nine years after his first yeah. UFC appearance. Nine That's years. A, I think he's won in a winding boxing too. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. His return to MMA was, he was fighting for Sparta Combat League. He was in a That's tournament right. where the first round was, first round was kickboxing, uh, second round was oh, boxing, and the yes. third round was MMA. Yes. Oh, you, know, you know, yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm looking at topology. I didn't really because he has a bunch of you know three wins in a row. But then I look at the dates; they're all on the same day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he has an MMA he has an MMA victory over Cody East, a boxing victory over Terrence Hodges, and then a kickboxing victory over the legend Tony Lopez, all on the same day. <laughs> all on the same day. Yeah. What? That's a career for some people. Con- <laughs> and then he went to the contender series right after that. Yeah, wild, this is man. amazing. I did not know. I did not know that was in the same day. That's amazing. Okay, I'm ready to end the show. Yeah. I'm done. I don't want to talk about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> no, we the people. We, have to, okay, we listen okay. to the people. We got Casey. questions. I know. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna walk away and take a nap. So I'm just like blown away. <laughs> I can't. Send, <laughs> send in your Dustin Jacoby questions. We'll be. We'll be happy. To oh yeah, yeah. Them. If you guys don't ask just Dustin Jacoby questions, I mean, <laughs> right, the, the question was about what was about Rose District. We just talked about Jacoby for 15 minutes. I love it. <laughs> That's a logical, logical segue. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. All right. What else we got? Uh, Terrence Leverett. What does a win or loss mean for Angela Hill? Does her calling out Tisha or oh, does her calling out Tisha over and over again make her a heel? RDA didn't go back and fight Islam after that fight fell out. So, mm-hmm. Jose, I'll start with you on this. Angela Hill. Does her calling out Tisha over and over again make her a heel? Well, first of all, that fight got re- – the the RDA-Islam-Makhjev fight that fell out also got immediately rebooked again. So like a month or so later, uh, and then it fell out for a second time. So this would be the third time they try to rebook it. And I think at this point you just move on, especially because RDA beat Paul Felder. So um, does she make her a heel? I, I don't think so, Like, but I'm not – I don't view – I don't view it like that. I've never thought about it, but if f- people have their favorite fighters, they have their least favorite fighters. So if you have an issue with Angela Hill calling on Tisha Torres, that's on you. If you don't, that's on you. I don't blame her. Of course, any fighter who loses to an opponent years ago and they got better is going to want to rematch. Like Angela Hill's doing that mm-hmm. on Saturday. Like she wants to fight Tisha Torres. Tisha Torres said, I already beat you. I've moved on, blah, blah, blah. Angela Hill is now fighting someone she already beat years ago. And even in her virtual media day scrum, she's like, Ashley Yoder is doing what I want to do, so I can't overlook her. She's gotten better. I've gotten better. This is a completely different fighter. So 
good on Angela for sticking to her guns and taking a fight that I'm sure not a lot of people would want in a rematch that she won years and years ago. And I guess to her, she's proving a point where fighters fight. I think that was her, her phrasing. So, no, I don't think she's a heel whatsoever. She lost two fights in a row that I'm willing to bet the vast majority of the world thought she won probably more the cloudy fight than the Michelle Watterson fight. To be honest, I would, didn't, haven't watched the Michelle Watterson fight since it happened, so I can't really remember exactly how I scored it. But I scored the – I believe I scored the first – the cloudy fight for Angela. Uh, that was in Jacksonville. So she, for all we know, she could be on a five-fight win streak, and she, she could be in the top five of this division right now. So unfortunate, but no. To answer the question, no, I don't think she's a heel because I've never really – put much thought into it like that about MMA. AK, what is what what does a win or a loss mean for Angela Hill? Because we, we've watched her we've watched her grow up in the UFC. And at first she was just a, you know, come get her, come get him kind of a striker. We saw it in the Yoder fight. Yoder tested her, but Angela Hill was able to have a good third round to to get the victory. But Angela Hill's gotten better and better. She's taken her career very, very seriously. And she's proven that she can compete with the best of the best in this division, as we've seen in her last few fights. So if she loses to Ashley Yoder, the other, I mean, the, the losses to Gedalia, the loss to Watterson didn't really hurt her stock too much. But if she beats Yoder, what happens? If she loses to Yoder, where does that send her in that end? She really has to win. I mean, look, there's a lot of, it's, I, I don't know if, uh, if people are kind of underselling how important this fight is for her. She really has to win. Um, she's done a good job of beating the fighter she's supposed to beat. She beat uh, Loma Lukbunmi. I'm, I'm just looking at her record right now. Hannah Cyphers, uh, Ari- Ariane Karnalasi. Like, these are fighters that she's supposed to beat. Ashley Yoder is also one of these fighters. She's already beaten her. Uh, even with even with Yoder having improved, I think Hill's improved just as much, if not more. She should win this fight. If she loses, it goes. the conversation changes from, well, she's coming off two close losses to... She's just a fighter on a three-fight losing streak. You, you can contextualize the losses all you want. It is very hard to shake that uh, shake that stigma. Uh, again, nothing uh, in her losses has told me that she cannot compete with the best of the division. Okay, Michelle Watterson, Claudia Gadelia, but nothing. I, I don't know. And, and the Claudia Gadelia fight, yes, could have gone either way. A lot of people thought she won. Other than that, she's lost. She's lost to a lot of the best. There's a big question of if she can beat the best of the division. Here's her other losses. Yan Shaunan, a really good fighter. Uh, Ronda Marcos, a veteran. No shame, I, I think, losing there. Uh, Courtney Casey, a, 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 a top-ranked fighter. Nina Ansaroff, top-ranked fighter. Jessica Andrade. So those are her, her losses in the UFC. Uh, recent, most recently, there's loss before that. All to big names. Uh, all to big names, all to other contenders. So it's great that she can compete with these fighters. She can go five rounds in Michelle Watterson. But at some point, you have to win. You have to get one of these wins. So... So winning, sadly, winning the Yoder fight doesn't doesn't break that, doesn't prove anything for her. Losing it would really, really hurt her. Uh, so I do think it's very much a must-win fight. And and at some point, hopefully this year, she has to get another one of these names, uh, which is why I, I the just the Tisha Torres um, just call it is is so is so justified because she knows that's that's a name that will <laughs> she has to beat and, and can can you know uh, boost her reputation up. So she has to win on Saturday and she really does have to get either Tisha Torres rematch or something um, some other big name down the road and really prove she can get over that hump. Casey, if you're Ashley Yoda right now, you got to be loving this opportunity. One, because it's a rematch. Two, you're taking on short notice. So you're doing the UFC a little bit of a favor here. But three, not a lot of pressure on you. You're the biggest underdog on the card. Like you say, you're taking the fight on short notice. She can go in there and have some fun. There's not a lot of pressure on her to win. All the pressure is 100% on Angela Hill, right? Yeah, I pretty much agree with um, what AK and Jose said. Um, 
this Angela Hill, this is it's in, in a weird way, I feel like there's definitely more pressure. There might be this might be the most pressure in a weird way than she's had maybe in any, any of any of her UFC fights. Uh because she's I can't think of a fight where yeah, has she been I don't think she's been this big a favorite in her entire career. So the odds makers and the fans clearly, even though she has those losses against uh, Waters and Claudia, they don't they don't see her as someone that's less than them as a fighter. They they pretty much see her like equally competitive. Like if Michelle was fighting Yoder, she would have the same odds. I would assume if Claudia was fighting Yoder, she would have the same odds. And that's what they're giving. That's that's the respect Angela Hill is getting. So yeah, this is a super important fight for Angela Hill. And if she loses this fight. Especially if she gets taken down and submitted or something like that. Um, actually, you lose it anyway. If she gets finished in a deci- decisively, not like some kind of... If it's like a great scrap and, you know, it's one of those fights where you go, man, Angela Hill could have gotten if, the, if it was a different judge. You know, I can definitely see Angela Hill winning a fight. But if it's like a random Marcos type of showing when she just basically just got smoked, um, yeah, bad, a bad, bad night for Angela Hill. So a lot of pressure. <laughs> Angela Hill was a minus 370 favorite against Ashley Oda the first time around. So the lines are pretty much like exactly yeah. the same. The only time Angela Hill was a bigger favorite in a fight is when she fought Jody Escabel. She closed as a minus 625 favorite in that fight. And when she fought Yoda the first time, she was coming off that kind of almost that fight of the year performance versus Jessica Andrade, which was, yep. it was, it was just one of the best fights of the year. And even at the time, we knew Jessica Andrade was a future title contender, and that fight was super close. So, uh, yeah, I could. Yeah, so um, yeah, coming off losses, Angela, yeah, people, yeah, there's a lot of respect that people see for Angela Hill. She just, like you guys said, just can't seem to get that one punch, that one takedown that she needs to kind of sway those judges in those close, those close decisions. The odds makers like her. They definitely like her. She opened as a minus 175, and like all the money has come in on Angela Hill since then. It's crazy. Yeah, no, no one, and, no one beats Yoder easily. It's like she's always a tough, scrappy fight, you know. And um, good on Yoder. I've always, I've, I've always enjoyed watching her fight. Uh, Next. She's still pretty green in this game too. She just lost to some really high-level fighters. Yeah, and she's lost like some really close decisions that she probably you can argue she won. So she's had a she also like, kind won of a similar fights. run to Angela. She also won fights. You could very well make an argument she lost. Unfortunately, the fight maybe. Yeah. Yes, because every time I have to make graphics or fight announcements, all of our photos are of Ashley Yoder getting beat up, and I'm like, <laughs> I can't. I I was at this fight, and I remember thinking Amanda Cooper won, but Ashley Yoder won, and I remember saying, Oh, that's fine, I guess. But then like. I have no proof to show that <laughs> Ashley Oder did enough to win that fight. But to be fair, she had no coach. Do you remember that? We were backstage, Casey. Which that was the fight. Her coaches couldn't make it. And she met Rose Namajunas and Pat Barry backstage and were like, hey, can you corner me? And they were like, all right. So they, she basically <laughs> met her coach the week of the fight. <laughs> Got that W. Got that W. Got that W. That's all that matters. Yep. Last thing on Angela Hill. Uh, which is more likely to happen, Angela getting abducted in the ring by aliens Come or Ashley Yoder winning? Oh, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> you know, but God, this, is, this is this is MMA, man. You, there's no you could be a ten to one favorite and you could lose. This is MMA. There is no 
there is no such thing as oh this is a not this is impossible it's gonna happen no no it's certainly it's definitely not impossible but it runs in the family of angela hill getting abducted by aliens you know this right That's tell true. me what, what's the story you don't know this story ak Jesus we are not Christ. getting into we are not getting into this. But this is an amazing. Get into this right. We went off on a half-hour tangent. Dustin Jacoby, we're not going on a two-hour. I do know the tangent. story. Otherwise, and that's why I asked because I know the story. Yeah, oh, okay. no, that's why I asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously I know. Otherwise, yeah, I asked the question for no reason. All right, I'll, I'll do my. Re- I'll look it up. All right. Go listen to you're uh, gonna go down, you're gonna go down Hill a wormhole when you look it up. Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Go a, it's one of those ones where you look into it and all of a sudden your whole day is gone because you've read a thousand <laughs> interviews. <laughs> it blew my mind when I when I yeah. when I saw the story. Like, this is not surprising me about her. What? Like I know said, this people, is not surprising me. Yeah. I know people who are really into like UFO, like UFOlogy, whatever it is, and they know Angela Hill based off of that. Rather than her fight career. <laughs> so, oh, you're she's a fighter as well? <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I've had that conversation with people. Like, I've, I interviewed Angela in Chicago, and I got a text message from someone who's really into UFOlogy, whatever, and they go, Is this Angela Hill, like, granddaughter of so and so? I'm like, Yeah. And they're like, Oh my God, you got to ask her this and that. I'm like, Ben, no, Ben there, done that, man. You can go find her. <laughs> uh, okay. What else you got? Uh, oh, <laughs> oh god can we get your quick thoughts on the public bathroom brawl do the football bullies receive fair karma or is there more to the story anybody want to jump in on this outside of the uh proverbial don't mess with combat boots and cauliflower ears uh how about just don't be rude to people in life <laughs> regardless of what they're wearing man like you were rude to the wrong guy but just don't be rude in general like or that could happen like i don't know man that was a justice was served i would like to see what happened leading up to that but it is what it is good on the guy who got that like someone made the what was it like a crowdfunding thing for the guy that beat the guy up right yeah and it got a lot of money so yeah good on him Forty thousand. Yeah, but Good on all, him, all that money is going is going to lawyer and medical bills. That's all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why they did it though. Yeah, I don't I think they're either. giving it to him to keep. I don't know, man. Good people are weird. People people love raising money for people. Um also where there was a lot serious lack of masks in that in that video yeah. during a pandemic. <laughs> serious lack of ma- lack of masks and getting thrown around on a urine covered floor in the south does not sound like a good time to me. <laughs> no. I, I, my fa- my quick thought is the one dude relieving himself. A fight breaks out right behind him. He has his drink in his hand. He sees a fight break out. He goes, oh, hey, I should stop. Ah, forget it. And he just walks away from his drink. <laughs> like, like There was a moment he thought about, nah, whatever. Like These guys are Oh, when he, put, when he put his bat hand on the guy's back, he's yeah, like, oh, yeah, break he it looked, up. Like okay, he was going, going like, up. hey, chill, guys. And like, he was like, ah, whatever. <laughs> he's like, they're, they're, cov- they're covered in urine. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> I would rather like get get into a fight in like a gladiatorial, like an ancient gladiatorial arena, like filled with lions, than fight in a washroom. That's just so nasty to me. Like, no, put put me in the lion pit. That's ugh, bathroom fight. It's gross. It's, it's disgusting. That one dude's like, oh, I'll break it up, and then like ushers, yeah, plays on the DJ's playing <laughs> '90s throwbacks. Like, oh, that's my jam. My jam. Sorry, bros. C- continue your business. It is yeah, what it is. Yeah, it was a yeah. fight. Dude had a bloody nose. There's so many missing pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. I don't know if there's fair karma or not. It seems like there's fair karma. It seems that way, but who knows? Yeah. It was, 
It was, it was a, a ten it, seven round though. That's for damn sure. Yeah. So did did they ever get to go to the bathroom? I, would, or, like, were they, would they, did they beat the crap out of these guys the whole time? Like, God, I got to take a piss so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering. These are the questions I got. So, thanks. There you go. I see. Yeah. We have like. <laughs> I see Joseph Boza asking us about Angela Hill versus. We just talked about Angela Hill versus Ashley Oda for like twenty minutes. I don't know. Did you miss that? Joseph Boza, just rewind. We literally just talked about that fight for like twenty minutes. Okay. Uh, uh, what else we got? Um, no, that wasn't Ben Askren. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he brought that up, so it's gonna be a yeah. million questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does the winner of Ankalaev versus Krylov fight a top five guy? Interesting question. <laughs> This is an interesting division. 205 needs needs names up there. They need contenders. Top five? Maybe a stretch? I don't know. It depends on how they do it. What do you think, Jose? Hmm. I hadn't pondered this. I wouldn't hate it. I think both of them are talented enough to get someone in the top five. I just think the problem right now is... The title fight between Izzy and Jan has to happen where if Izzy wins, what happens with the belt? If Jan wins, he fights Glover Teixeira. I think that's a no-brainer. Uh, didn't Johnny Walker just get hurt too? Uh, and Dominic yeah. Reyes also just got hurt. So, And then Tiago Santos and Ratchik are fighting. Does Jerry have a new fight or did they rebook him or anything? They're fighting in May, Reyes and Prohashka. So again, that's then that's even pushed further back. So maybe not just based on there might not be someone in the top five that's available uh in the immediate future so i wouldn't hate it i just don't think it'll i just don't know if they'll have the opportunity if that makes sense yeah it's kind of a log jam at the top everybody in the top six is booked right now i could see it's a shame i can see the winner fighting um volcon yeah that's about it um otherwise um (laughs) otherwise i don't think any, any of these guys um Move the needle enough for the UFC to basically book him against a, a Santos or a Reyes type of fighter yet, but I think yeah. What about um uh I yeah because Anthony Smith is booked against Crute right? Yes sir. Yeah, Crute. Yeah, I mean it would probably Vulcan just got deaded in July too. Yeah, I think top five is too high. I think top five is is just a little too high right now. Uh, it's Maybe, a shame that. Maybe if uh, Gustafson comes back, he's a big name. Like he drops back down to light heavyweight. Maybe they him yeah. or if Eli Latifi wants to draw back to light heavyweight too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah but not top five. I, I don't think they got top five. Uh, Actually, yeah. Ankalaev. Yeah, sorry. Ankalaev had to resolve, I guess, that little mini feud with with Kuchilava. that took up his entire twenty twenty. And again, I'm not I'm not faulting it. They're really it, after the first fight, you had to run it back. You, you there was no choice. You had to run it back. So. It's a shame because I think uh, if he had just beaten, you know, Kitalaba clean the first time, he would have gotten a top ten opponent uh, in uh, last in late last year. Instead, he had he had to kind of resolve that business first uh, because he's. It's funny in my mind, I feel like Ankalaev should be ranked higher than Krylov, but Krylov has has definitely beaten the better competition. Um, so you can't okay. you can't fault the ranking. Yeah, you can't fault the ranking at all. Uh, uh, Krylov has, has the better wins. Um, and Kalaev, what do you got? Two Kutalabas, Lunjambula, Klitson Abreu. Is Abreu even with the UFC anymore? And Marcin Prakniao. So, yeah, not, not a super strong resume. But, I mean, I'm certainly leaning towards Ankalaev. Like, I think he is the better. Who, did, who, who was favorite in that fight? Krylov, right? 
Ankalaev is like a Ankalaev's gigantic favorite. favorite. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, exactly. second reason, favorite on the card. Yeah, right, right, and reasonably so, and reasonably so. But uh, it is funny though. Yeah, this is this is a step up for him. Uh, and Krylov is ranked higher than him. So, but yeah, uh, just going back to the question, nah, top five is a little too high. I don't think. I don't think. I think they, they have to wait for some other matchups to shake out. And whoever wins that fight maybe gets the loser of one of the higher ranking matchups. So, um, but not not someone in the top five. I don't think. I think if uh, Krylov loses, the no brainer is to do the rubber match with OSP. Yeah, I agree with that. I see that. Yeah, it would be the th- third, third rubber match to happen in the all in the UFC with none of them being for a title. Fourth? I, I love that. I wish, there was, I wish there was more of those. I wish there was more of those, honestly. Like I'm upset that, are fun. I'm upset that Krylov changed his nickname to the minor or the, the what is it? The, the, the minor? Is that what his nickname no, is? No, I like that. That's a lot. Yes, he's the minor now. Why? Yeah, but yes. his original nickname ruled Al Capone. No, it didn't. It no, it was glorifying a criminal. <laughs> But did you see? But, but he Goodness wore the man. outfit and the trench coat. I know, and allegedly, and, and and he looked fabulous. He looked fabulous. But <laughs> I like he said. He said no. I want to I honor know, the. Yeah, art. I'm with I'm with AK. Yeah. I have no patience for I don't, people who name themselves after people who murdered a lot of people. Yeah, KC. I have no patience like, for it. Half, like the natural born killer. Don't name yourself. A, half don't the name fighters are nicknamed the assassin. Something, dude. Brandon Moreno. Right. Moreno. His nickname is about is killing babies. babies. He kills babies. It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. That's why I like Jose's interpretation. I, I choose to read it that there's a comma in there, because yeah, you're right. The, the the assassination of babies. We don't approve of that here. It's frowned upon at the at the very least. At the very <laughs> least, frowned upon. Frowned upon. I uh, hear he only assassinates bad babies, like really bad. Don't babies. Carlos Condit. Yeah. Yeah. Don't name yourself after El Don't name yourself after Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Don't name yourself after Al Capone because you're stupid. That's the <laughs> El Chapo. El Chapo or whatever. Yeah. Don't like, name you yourself know, after El Chapo though. or you're stupid. Enough. Mar- Listen, Moreno is the baby in this situation. He's not the yeah. one who disposes yes. of babies. He's the baby uh, right. himself. Oh. Yes, this is right. That's, that's the other way, the better way baby. to hear it. The oh, comma okay. works as well. Yeah. Do, do, do we have, I like do, to choose there as a comment there. Do we have any yeah. other problematic nicknames we need to bring up? Natural born killer. Ugh. I would like to I would like to remind people that it's raging with a G. Raging Al. Not raging <laughs> yes. Al. Oh, I know okay, this that. Is true. That's Be, I know that because he made a point uh-huh. to point it out when we were all in Milwaukee. Casey was off enjoying the beaches of Hawaii when I was stuck in bitter cold Milwaukee, and he came out with a sign that he hung over his head that says raging Al. And the first mm-hmm. questions were like, so it's raging, not raging. He goes, y'all made an assumption, didn't you? So yeah, raging Al. Yeah, because you would not say raging bull, which I would imagine is what he's referring. I mean, besides also his normal rage, you know, as there's also reference to, to raging bull and you wouldn't, Ant- you wouldn't Ant- say raging bull. Ant- real estate, Ant- favorite- Ant- real estate. Yeah. Raging real yes. estate. Raging, raging, raging. real estate, yes. <laughs> I love these preview shows. <laughs> just, it's like a whole question. Collard is super weird because oh, he's naming himself after another person. That's yeah, a those, bizarre those, one. Those are me. weird ones. Yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. just name yourself after another human. Yeah, but it's not a it's not a murderer <laughs> though. It's not a murder. How about that? That's a, that's a step. Yeah, it's still yeah. So it's like a step above I'm a, I'm that. A glass half full guy. Weird. You know, it'd be like if Casey's nickname was at the bat when he went to go fight someone. <laughs> Get it. 
Uh, I, have to answer, I have to answer this question quickly. Jay Gold is saying, tell me if a big white dude was named the white beast, some people will complain. Hey, we have a great white, yeah, uh, Alex Morano. So and I haven't heard nobody complain about that. So I don't know if Jay Gould, he was trying to point out some sort of double standard. I mean, look, I, I think I mean, I, I think some people have a problem with the black beast and that's fine. If they have a problem with that, that's fine. But I don't think it's like overtly offensive. Uh, the white beast would be interesting. I don't think anyone would do it. Uh, but again, we have a great white, obviously a reference to sharks, not uh, necessarily Alex Morano's skin color. But uh, we have a great white and I've never heard anyone uh, uh, raise a scuffle about it. So I, I'm I still know waiting if, uh, for a female yeah. Hispanic fighter to be Liadona. I've been saying that for my entire Liadona? journalistic career. Yes, someone make it happen. No one, Tatiana Suarez doesn't have it and Alexa Grasso doesn't have it. Both of them Think about it. Think about it. You have to. You have to explain this to us. It's a. Uh, I think George Lopez did a uh, <laughs> stand up on it, where in the Western world, everyone's uh, their fair their their bedtime stories start with "Once upon a time, blah blah blah." They lived happily ever after. And in the Mexican world, all of their bedtime stories were start with. Once upon a time, this woman drowned her children, and that is Lyadonna. And it is—it's basically she's the boogie woman. She's a story you tell your kids so you don't sneak out of bed at night, or you'll get taken away by Lyadonna, who's looking for her children. So she's the weeping woman who just wanders around and 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 just takes lost children into the abyss, and you never see them again. And it absolutely terrified me as a kid, and did its job. And it even my mom like shudders at the thought of it. So yes, didn't they make Call a terrible horror out. movie about this? Didn't they make a terrible they horror movie about this? Okay, they sure did. And I, well, to be fair, I didn't see it because it would one hundred percent terrify me. Uh, but yeah, I heard bad things about it. Oh yeah, someone said um, Chase Sherman. He's the vanilla gorilla. He's That's close. true. Yes, yes, it's close. Yeah, it rhymes. But I, I, I thought it's more as like a, as an ice cream flavor vanilla. It's like you know. I don't know. That's a bit weird. That's weirder. Yeah. Not, not enough ice cream flavors. He is a very pasty individual. He's fighting uh, Parker Porter on April 17th. That should be a, a nice little scrap right there. People love Parker, Parker Porter. Porter. Resident, resident comic book character, Parker Porter. <laughs> there, was a, there was a point in time where everyone that Stan Lee created had alliteration, like Peter Parker, J. Jonah Jameson, like... Uh, Dum Dum Dugan, Fing Fang Foom. They were all alliterated. I think he said it was just easier to remember. People ask, like, why'd you do this? He's like, it's just easier to remember. It's not, Probably. It's not, not like a, yeah, I think he said. It was that or that was for the uh, Superman. Why everyone in Superman has the L's, the double L's. I think might have been. No, that would make Thor, it more confusing. Lana Lang, no. Lois Lane, yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So many. But that would make it more confusing, I think, than, than actually help. Oh, guys, we have a question about the fights, actually. Do we? Okay. Oh. <laughs> Forgot we talked about this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Should the winner of the Munoz Rivera fight, Rob Font? I believe Garbrandt is fighting Aldo next, although that's not official, but I would say that's kind of where we're heading. And TJ is either getting a title shot or fighting Sanhagen. Rob Font makes sense. 
Um, John Denyon. How did John Denyon get back in our comments? This is the, the Ryan Hall hater. Casey, what are you doing? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. That's my fault. I thought I banned him. I thought Put I him in timeout. I'm sorry. I thought uh, I banned him. I thought it was my bad. My bad. My bad. Well, you know, his, his question's out here now. We have to answer it. Uh, there's no choice. It's, it's on the screen. We have to answer it. We have to answer it. That's my, my mistake. It's interesting because Rob, I mean, Rob Fawn is ranked number three in this division right now. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, this it's a tough question because we don't know what TJ is going to do. We have no idea. Absolutely no clue at this point. Like, will I know the UFC has been talking about the favor fight. I know that has been discussed. Uh, it is obviously not done, but I think we kind of have to wait to see how the next couple of weeks play out. But Munoz Rivera is a great fight. It's a rematch from a while back. Really like it. Um, anybody think that the winner of this fight should fight Rob Fawn, or is this? I think maybe if Rivera wins, but Munoz coming off back-to-back losses, I don't know. Yeah. I, it just depends. I think if Rob Fawn wants to stay active, because he's the only he's the he's the like he they would because the, what are they right? Like I'm looking at the rankings now. They're eight nine. So. If Rivera wins, he'd probably just move up to eight. And if Pedro wins, he probably just stays where he is. So then Rob Fon would have to, would have to drop all the way down to them because Marlon's taking time off, rightfully so. Frankie just got knocked into another planet, so he's probably taking time off, rightfully so. And then Cody and Aldo are tied up, so he would have to drop all the way to eight to get a to get a fresh fight if he wants to stay active. So probably, unless Cruz wins and they want to do like Cruz font. Uh, just if Cruz wants to skip the queue and fight number three, Cruz is a big name. I think Rob Font will probably at least think about that. And if Casey Kenny beats Cruz, then he's also, I think maybe would take a lot of that shine away from Cruz. So maybe this is just fights that have to happen first, I think. I think the moral of the story before we get AK's thoughts, because he's just deep thinking about this, Bantamweight <laughs> rules. It just yeah, rules. It's awesome. Great. Yeah. But AK, what do you think? No, Mike, my other deep thought is uh, it's hard to – I'm like Dana White. It's like I don't even want to talk about these things before Tuesday, first of all, and then uh, the Tuesday's matchmaking meeting. But Or, or actually, more importantly, our matchmaking show that Mike and I do. So uh, I, I cannot answer this question without putting a lot more thought into it. And again, the results of the fight absolutely matters. Who wins, how they win is going to matter, what they say after, call-outs, things like that. So – uh, so, Mike, I'll just plug our show. I'll just say, tune in to uh, on to the next one, which goes live. On, yeah. I think it goes live as early as well, it goes live on Sundays, right? It goes live on Sundays, and you'll, you can find all the links on uh, MMAfighting.com at 10 a.m. Eastern time on Mondays usually. So I'll plug our show, guys, because uh, we see a lot of matchmaking questions. We love answering them, but you get much better uh, much better answers yeah. when you listen to Mike and I's show on uh, on Sunday. But please, uh, but you know, we welcome all the questions, guys. Thank you for the questions, except from John Daniel. Dan- John Daniel, I will find out how to ban you. I will figure out how to ban you. I'm tired of the. I'm tired of the. Uh, tired of the Ryan Hall slander. Um. Yeah, you know, kind of. We're just kind of getting random <laughs> things now. Carla Sparza? Yeah, I agree. She was teasing. She did tease a fight on Twitter. She's teasing a fight on Twitter. Yes. Is the Rosenway League is that official yet? My nope. Oh, that's no rumored. Nope. Right. Rumor and innuendo. <laughs> yeah. to, steal, to steal from the great Conrad Thompson. Love those shows, by the way. Oh, the best shows. The best podcast in the world, not on MMA fighting. Oh, Correct. Okay. I, I apologize. Because everyone's talking about everything other than the spike card. And at the top of the frame, it says preview show for this card, guys. So, yes, I would love to talk about 
everything in the world, but we, let's try to focus. So John's the only one paying attention. Oh my gosh, this guy again. <laughs> I know. This guy Hi. again, and with another matchmaking question. John, what did I, I say? What did I just say? What did I just say, John? Are Hernandez and Moises one more win away from a top 15 matchup? Maybe the winner of Hernandez-Moises could challenge the Gillespie-Riddell winner. Again, kind of uh, going back to Bantamweight, lightweight rules too. There's uh, a lot of fun options at 55. I, I really like this matchup between Hernandez and Moises because, I don't know, I feel like this is at like the wavelength of where Hernandez actually is in his career because we saw early on he was just thrown to Dariush, and OAM, and then Cowboy. We never got it. He never really got a chance to develop in the UFC. Finally, he's he gets Gritzmacher after the time off. Now he gets this fight with Moises that Moises called for. Hernandez was all over. I think this is excellent matchmaking. Are we are we thinking this is a top fifteen kind of a fight? Like the winner gets a top fifteen guy next. We don't have to talk about specific fights, but are we are we sniffing top fifteen for the winner here? Well, I don't want to just keep plugging things, but uh, I, and or, or spoiling <laughs> things. But our, our own, well, no, our own Guillermo Cruz has an interview with Tiago Moises, which will be coming up either I, I probably sometime Saturday. Uh, the story will be coming up sometime Saturday, and uh, Moises specifically says, should he beat uh, Alexander Hernandez, that he would like a fight with Brad Riddell. So, sorry, a little still spoil that story. I should still read that story, but uh, he has Brad Riddell in the sights. It's an excellent recommendation. Uh, yes, Brad Riddell does have to beat a very, very tough opponent. In a returning uh, Gregor Gillespie, but uh, should Moises get past Hernandez? I, I, I like that matchup a lot. Moises, Moises Bravardel, I'm into that. Yeah. AK, how often do you have to water those plants behind you? Uh, pretty frequently. <laughs> pretty frequently. That's uh, that's at least that's th- that, you know three a day, which is probably too much. But just look at them. Is there, is it you drain? Does the water yeah, drain? Is it just that it's you can't mean, you can't complain you can't complain about results? Oh, I'm going, I'm going, oh, I'm going the wrong way. Oh, two. Yeah, oh, you can, and there's a couple of ducks there. Yeah, the yeah. Wa- it's actually an auto waterer. The water there's like you can't tell. There's a little thing there. The water comes out of the duck's butts. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so you guys really in Canada, really you guys are just so ahead of the game and everything. Like, you know, it's like, it's pretty simple. But I'm glad you're wowed by it. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Easter also talking some. Michael Easter says Ryan Hall in the original Gaelic means one-dimensional. Wow, another banning boy. Is I, I I don't oh, like oh, banning people. Is but, that one-dimensional being victory? Like amazing? Yeah. If your yeah. one-dimension is you yeah. win all the time, yeah, then yeah. Yeah, yeah I, have one I you know I agree. Uh, Michael Easter, you're yeah, you're not banned. You're not banned. Yeah, you're, you're right. correct. Yeah. You're right. Now, Rocco Sladich, is there a super? Is there a super uh, commenter button? Because yes, yeah. Ryan Hall is the goat. <laughs> I'll just bounce it around. So finally, someone talk. Yeah, bounce that around. Finally, someone talk. I bounce it around like, lo- like the little DVD logo on, on your screensaver. Like, boing. Oh. Just, <laughs> there's, there's so many people who have no idea what you're talking about. You, just, <laughs> you know what it is. They, of course, I know. Ron Hall is like, thank you, Rocco. All right, let's do one more. Yes, let's. We should go on a high note. No more questions from. I'm not even going to name this guy. We want to. No more questions. Yeah, we want to save. You know, save your questions. If you're watching this and you're like, oh, oh yeah, should ask this. You can do it tomorrow and during the uh, pre-fight Q&A at 5.30 Eastern time. Plants are fake. Get this guy, get this guy I, out of here. How do you even press Back that? to ban. It's is, my fault. I, like, I'll is, figure out how to ban him. He has hacked my system and he's throwing these – I have no control. I'll, I've sent no an control. email to the internet and they said they will handle yeah. – they will ban him for me. So I, I emailed right. the – I emailed – yeah. Internet at internet.com. <laughs> internet at internet.com. Yeah. <laughs> please. Send please ban. BCC. Please. A. Kaylee. 
this all started with this this all started with this individual saying Ryan Hall is overrated. Yeah. What is he rated? He's not even ranked. Ah, see, that's the good, exactly, exactly. What do you mean? Yeah, because tell him there's, there's Ryan Hall. Back there, here's the thing. I saw this on them. Twitter. I have no, I have no issue with Ryan, Ryan Hall. Hall. I think he's a phenomenal fighter. And where I do you think you Ryan Hall is? A, and you're I, beating. You I think Ryan Hall is awesome, and I want to see him fight. And beautiful. But someone tweeted that here's Ryan Hall's UFC career: beat someone ranked 15 to 20, complain for nine months that he wants someone in the top 10, get booked against someone in the top 10. Pull out a fight against that individual in the top ten. Rinse and repeat. That's been Ryan Hall's UFC career at this point. Let's send him. I just want to see him fight at least once in 2021. I can't help the ghost division. Tells the whole story. Yeah, I, can't, I can't help. The man, the man will prove it. Look, I don't need to. Ryan Hall. That's great. Prove it. Yeah, That's great. Exactly. Prove it. Yeah, he, he, he just wants to fight. Yeah, he does not need We've to talked so, about Ryan will. Hall for more minutes yes. than for more cumulative <laughs> minutes than well, Ryan well Hall more. has fought this year. Twice as many, maybe. All right, someone's spamming spamming our chat. I'm sorry. I have to I have to hide this person. It's, I'm sorry. Ryan Hall, Ryan Hall, and Hamza Chamayev are the two most mentioned fighters in my entire tenure here in MMA <laughs> fighting. Seriously. No doubt about it. All right, one more MMA-related question. It could be about the card. It can be Please. about something in the world of MMA. It could be, anything, it could be yeah. about anything. I see. Yes. All right, there we go. We'll end with uh, a, a good film to watch. That's a very broad question, but, you know, it's just I guess it kind of depends on where you're at in the world. Like, if you're in Massachusetts, it's cold. There's snow and ice everywhere. You know, maybe the tastes vary compared to – the West Coast, where it's sunny and a little bit warmer, and you want to be outside. I don't know. What's a What's a good film to watch on a Friday night right now, Casey? We'll start with you and go down the line. Um, the film I hopefully plan to watch tonight is um, Minari. It's um, uh, have you heard about that? You've heard about that, okay? Um, with, I've heard about uh, it. Yes, uh, Minari. Uh, I can't remember who, the guy. The guy from um, oh, the guy from <laughs> I forgot his name. The guy from um, Walking Dead, Glenn, whatever his real name is. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, Steven Yen. Steven Yen, yeah. Steven Yen's in a uh, uh, a um, a a uh, best picture. It's gonna be a best picture nominee. It's just being released, and I rec- highly recommend. I, I recommend that because other friends have watched it. They said it's awesome. But the film I have seen and it's so gosh dang good is on Amazon Video, The Sound of Metal. Please watch that. Sound of Metal is an amazing film. I don't want to tell you too much about it, but be prepared. It's emotional. It's heavy, but it's great. And the payoff is um, you'll feel good. Don't worry. You won't make, it won't make you feel like a horrible person afterwards. <laughs> oh, that's rare these days. Yeah. Uh, Jose, are, are you going to go? Uh, yeah, you're going to have a good one. Do you want me to go first? I know yeah. you're going to have a good one. Okay, I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, I have a bad habit of watching old movies over and over again. So I was just re-watching The Silence of the Lambs. And that is like, if for some reason you haven't seen The Silence of the Lambs, I actually imagine there's probably a lot of people who haven't seen it now. The movie came out like 20 five years ago that is like the i don't believe in a purple i'll this i don't believe in a perfect movie there's no such thing as a perfect movie uh that movie is about as close as it comes to like it's fulfilling its exact intent if that makes sense to people it is it is like a flawless like thriller mystery movie it is just so well done uh fairly ahead of its time actually with some of the some of the uh techniques the camera techniques that are used in it the acting obviously is exquisite the acting without question jody foster anthony hopkins it's a great great movie uh rest in peace jonathan demi the guy's a freaking genius um cinematography is incredible it's just a great movie if you it's on netflix guys if for some reason you haven't seen a science lands or you just haven't seen it in a while watch that movie again it is 
It's magnificent. It's give, so me a, good. give me your favorite line from it. Come on. Oh, I love when he uh, sees the senator. There's so many good lines for Anthony Hopkins, obviously. When, when he, he actually goes to the, they, 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 they wheel him out to talk to the senator and he's, he tries and he reveals uh, the fake name of, of who, the, the, who kidnapped the senator's daughter. And she's walking away. He's already made some lewd comments. And then she's just walking away. And uh, he just goes, oh, senator, one more thing. I love your suit. And it's just like this weird, sinister, and his delivery. I can't do it like Anthony Hopkins does. His delivery is so funny. It's so darkly funny. And it's just like, it's a, I don't know if he ad libbed that, but it's a great, great, great line. All right. Jose, there you go. Um, well, going off of Casey, if, you, if we're just talking about Stephen Yen films, go watch Burning. Oh, that film that. Is, is it That good? film is perfect. Oh, that film great. is I wanna, perfect. Okay, I need to it's watch based it. Off right. of a short, it's based off of a short story. But go watch it. That's not my recommendation. I have my own issues with Sound of Metal, which we don't have to get into either. But this individual's comment, the commenter, I believe his name was uh, was a peace-loving criminal, was his uh, – yeah. So based off of that, I'm going to suggest Lupin the Third, the first, because that is about a peace-loving criminal, Lupin the Third. It's uh, computer-generated. It's the first loop. There's about a 1,000 Lupin the Third movies because it's – Probably one the oldest and most important animes in the history of television, but it's the first computer-generated movie. There was a live-action movie. You can skip that one. Or go watch Castle Caligroso. It, that one is free on Netflix. It's Miyazaki's first like feature-length animated film uh, pre-Ghibli. So go watch that, too. Uh, that's sp- the best, Lupin the Third. How do you go spell ahead. that? Spell that again? Spell that for me so I know the Lupin. Which one? Lupin the Third? What is it? L-U-P-I-N. L-U-P-I-N. And then okay. three ones. Gotcha. Uh, Lupin the Third. There's a million. It's there would be no Cowboy Bebop. There would be no Samurai Champloo. There would be no One Punch, One Piece. There would be no Naruto without Lupin the Third. So yeah, there's also TV shows that are free on Hulu uh, that you can watch. But Ca- Castle Caligroso on Netflix is uh, the best Lupin the Third. But if you don't like anime and you want computer generated Lupin the Third, the first I think came out last year. It's the most recent Lupin the Third. So yeah, go watch those. Not to be confused with the Lupin, uh, the French show that's on uh, Netflix right so now. So Lupin, Lupin the Third. Yeah, I was confused yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> so so, yeah, no, not so that, Lupin. Not that. I heard that's a good show, but not, that's not what Jose. So Lupin, Lupin, the detect, the thief is the mm-hmm. um, the French counterpart of uh, of uh, Sherlock Holmes in actual literature. Like in the early 1900s, mm-hmm. the Lupin stories would come out. And Lupin the Third, uh, the the television show uh, in this world, he is the grandson of the original Lupin, because this uh, Japanese uh, creator was such a big fan of the French books. All right. By the way, uh, Prince Vegeta San just said to me, "AK just liked watching that guy tuck his wiener between his legs." That's a classic scene. Ted Levine, one take. One, they only did two takes of that scene, and that was the one take they used. Uh, good. You cannot listen to goodbye. You cannot listen to goodbye horses anymore. Dude, that song you is cannot. so good, and that's all I think about. Ruins. I love that Ruins. song. Ruins. Uh, or, or made better. I just I don't yeah. depending on your minute scene, but yeah. Shout outs to the Ted Levine. Amazing. <laughs> Mike, I'm kind of in a I'm kind of in a different boat because like. I, it's not just like my, myself and my wife can watch a movie. We get a seven-year-old that has to like watch the movie with us. Um, especially in these, in these day and age. So I'm trying to convince him because he likes like the Spider-Man movies. He's in like the SpongeBob movie. Like he's a man that like he has specific tastes. And once he gets a taste of it, he just wants more and more of it. So if he watches one movie, he wants to watch it 7,000 times. So I'm trying to get him to watch the Sandlot and I'm trying to get him to watch Uncle Buck. 
and he won't <laughs> watch either of those two. And they're Dude. both excellent films. So it kind of Sandlot, it was, Sandlot was a life changing moment for me when I watched that movie. Yeah, it's so good. It's unbelievable. I have P I have PF Flyers solely because of that movie. Is Sandlot is Sandlot your favorite baseball movie? No. What's your favorite baseball movie? I'll, I'll go down this. No, this we oh, don't have this time. Hold on. Hold oh, yeah. on. <laughs> no, it's Fuel of the Dreams. Fuel of the Dreams? All right. My dad will text me when he watches that movie. All right. Good when I was a little kid, if it, it could be snowing outside. My dad watches that movie. We're going to play catch. It's just guaranteed. I miss I miss good catch. Play. I miss going. I'm seeing some, some good. I'm seeing some good shout outs, by the way. Spaceballs. Someone's saying Spaceballs. Can't go yes. wrong with Spaceballs. Baseball is great. You're killing I was just thinking about that movie the other day. Just watch all of them. Just watch The Sandlot and then watch uh, Sound of Metal and then watch uh, Silence of the Lambs and then watch Lupin the Third. And you'll just have a complete like wave of emotions throughout the night. And then finish it off with Uncle Buck. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Guys, you got your weekend plan. The UFC and those movies, your weekend's going to be good. There you go. There's the music. We've talked about everything. UFC Vegas 20, the Bantamweight division, movies, everything. We've touched it all. 25 minutes on Dustin. 25 minutes on the opening prelim, Dustin Jacoby. I mean, that's what you get here. When it's live, you never know what to expect. So it will be back tomorrow to do more live stuff. 5.30 Eastern time. UFC Vegas 20 pre-fight show. All of your questions. So whatever you didn't ask here, bring them on. Make sure they're fight-related if you can. And then we'll have the post-fight show after. But until then, happy birthday, Candy Lee. Happy for birthday. Jose, I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.